This is Biz Bevs and Bites in the Berg and Beyond, a podcast hosted by Kelly Commander and Cindy Ellick. The show brings engaging and educational business content to listeners while highlighting the best restaurants and beverage makers in the Pittsburgh region. Pull up a chair and join Cindy and Kelly for the happiest hour by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and visit the show at bizbevsbites.com. Hi, welcome to Biz, Bevs, and Bites in the Berg and Beyond. I'm Cindy Ellick, and today we are so thrilled to be spending the happiest hour with Jess Branis. Jess is a two-time best-selling author and radio personality who focuses on the LGBTQ community. As the founder and CEO of Branis Enterprises, she produces other socially conscious podcasts across the country. Jess is also the creator and host of the podcast Drinks with Jess which is starting its eighth year. She is bringing the, LB, the LGBTQ community and its allies to the same table to initiate unity while discussing positive missions that guests create and support. Jess's company, Brannis Enterprises, is a full-service podcast and vodcast production company. They help you speak up and use your voice to impact others while taking your podcast vodcast idea from start to finish to create the show you've envisioned. Everybody, it's Kelly Commander, and welcome, Jess Brannis. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I actually feel very honored when you guys reached out. Oh. We're the ones who are honored just uh, that I you mean, said yes. Well, I mean, first so of all, you. I mean, Cindy, I haven't seen you in a couple of years because of been. the pandemic. And right. Kelly, I actually never got to meet you, but I got to read your book and do a wonderful uh, review on it because it was amazing. Um, so when you guys reached out with this podcast, I mean, seriously, biz, bevs, and bites. I know. Like, I'm totally in. <laughs> I love business. I love beverages. <laughs> Drinks with Jess, yes. and I love food. I love bites. So, I, you know, I'm very, very honored to be here with you guys. Oh, thanks. Oh, how exciting. We're, yes. we're beyond thrilled that you responded so quickly and said yes. Oh, of course. I was on it, girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, you know, your, your Drinks with Jess podcast and uh, other podcasts that you're involved with? Oh, and sure. a little bit about Brandis Enterprises. Absolutely. So... The Drinks Just podcast, uh, as you said, Cindy, we're going into our eighth year. We're actually starting it the day that we're recording this right now. Congratulations. I just recorded uh, two podcasts before I came on here. I was on somebody else's show and recorded my podcast. So it's been a very busy day. Um, But the Drinks Just podcast brings the LGBT and its allies together because in, in our community, people put themselves into a box. And they forget that there are outside people who are not in the LGBT, who are their allies and their supporters. And my focus is the the stronger the allies, the better we grow. Amen. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that for eight years. I've had everybody from local business owners to business owners all over the country to people having uh, activism missions to celebrities on And it's been a whirlwind of uh, activity. And of course, we have um, Brandis Enterprises, which focuses on podcast and videocast production. So people who already have podcasts that want to switch into video representation 
we do that as well. Or people who want to do both. You know, I, I think having a voice is being able to expand yourself on different mediums. And we focus on content that is humanistic, you know, so we're bringing on right. a new show. So we have a, a, we actually have a subset called the Be The Voice Podcast Network. And this is special because I produce podcasts all over the country, but for the Be The Voice Podcast Network, that is a part of Brightness Enterprises. We focus on the activism, whether it's social activism, environmental activism, um, health activism, and we bring those shows onto the network to make a conglomerate. And it's been so wonderful to educate and inform and entertain people in all facets of human life. Cause right now we all need it. We sure do. And it allows people to speak up, you know, so many people have gone through years and I was the same way. So many people have <clears throat> gone through the years where they're afraid to voice themselves. When I was a kid, I was shy. I didn't want to talk. You could put me on stage and dance. What? I don't I didn't want to talk in front of anybody. I've danced in front of 50,000 people at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. I did not want to talk. And now I go out to millions of people every week. And so for me, there's a community that you can build with your voice that reaches out to everybody who is a like-minded individual. Right. So that's what we focus on. And you know what I'm thinking too, Jess, is it's not just connecting with like-minded individuals. It's hopefully getting folks who may not see things the same way as you do to listen in and maybe Mm -hmm. change how they feel, how they act, things that they do, maybe they're not doing to maybe make the world a better place. Maybe you're inspiring them. I'm, I'm sure you are, not maybe, to just be better people. I hope so. You know, and I think the past... The past year and a half, two years, even four years, I'm going to say that lightly because I don't want to be political about stuff, um, has shown who people are. Oh, for sure. You know, it Mm -hmm. shows who really cares about their family and their communities and their friends, and it shows who doesn't. So that's, that's a huge impact. It's a huge impact. And if you can say to somebody, and when I look at things for the Drinks Suggest podcast, and as you guys know, because you guys have listened to it, mm-hmm. I go through a lot of political stuff, especially mm-hmm. during election year, uh, especially I'm a candidate here in where I live. Uh, so that's like my thing. However, everybody deserves their opinion. Everybody has their freedom of choice. That's my thing. However, if there is one thing that I say that they attach onto that makes them kind of maybe look at a perspective a different way, yeah. that's what's important to me. I mean, I will sit there and watch certain news channels that I don't necessarily agree with, but I do it for the information. Yes. Because I want to see both sides. Mm-hmm. Because what we're teaching, what they've taught in schools is politics, one side versus the other, depending on who writes the history books. History is supposed to be a full account. So in my mind, because my show focuses on issues going on like right now, I like to look at the fact that, okay, here's what's on this side. Here's what's on this side. Let's see what we can gel together. Yeah. Because sometimes gelling it together, because we are more similar than we are different as human beings, makes the difference. Wow. Yeah, that's... 
No well doubt. Said. I wish everyone felt that way. <laughs> I wasn't always like this. <laughs> well, I think I'm the most curious about you saying that you never like to speak in front of people. What what was like your moment or maybe it wasn't a moment. Oh, I know. I know that moment. <laughs> oh, well, tell us what got you. I know exactly why I don't like to speak in front of people or well, I, why I didn't. So uh, I was in third grade and I was at a day camp because all the kids in my area went to the Jewish Community Center for day camp because that's what we did. And this was probably 1980, I'm dating myself now, 1984 <laughs> maybe when this actually happened. And they would do one show at the end of the year and all the campers would get together, all the grades would get together and you would do some kind of arts and entertainment. Now, here's the funny thing. They were so progressive because we had to do a play. Like my actual camp group had to do a play. There were like 12 of us. And it was about like, oh, here's the thing called floppy disks. And it goes into a computer, like like the Apple IIe, right? Mm -hmm. It's when the Apple IIe first came out. So this is how long ago it was. No internet involved, no Google, nothing existed. Yet I was the salesperson. I don't know why I was supposed to be the salesperson. <laughs> I'm not good at sales. I mean, actually, I am good at sales. No, you are. I, I, I like building the relationships. I'm not good at closing things because I'm just like, whatever. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. If you like the cost, too bad. Um, I have now pushed my sales onto somebody else because I just, I like to edit. Like, that's my thing. But anyway, so then not only was I the salesperson in this uh, I think it was like the, uh, what was it? The three little bears, three little pigs scenario type of thing. This is just right. This is whatever. Oh, the three little bears. Yes, yes. I don't know what it was. I can't remember. Goldilocks but, and the three bears. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, Goldilocks. Yeah. So here, so I was the salesman for like all these floppy disks for people to rent out rooms, which like Airbnb, seriously, like 40 years later, they're doing. <laughs> but- I also had to be this guy with a beard on. I mean, if you didn't know I was gay by then, like really. <laughs> Considering my my kindergarten picture, my mom had me in a turtleneck with rainbows, like that says it all. But I, I had to go out there. But here's the thing. I went out there, forgot all my lines, and ran off on stage. No. And from that point on, I didn't want to be asked a question in class. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to – I was always cool. I was more mysterious because I would never talk to anybody. I was popular, but I didn't want to voice myself. And then years, decades later, um, I went to, I started grad school. I started grad school at 30 years old. And when I was 35, I went through thyroid cancer and I woke up and this is when I wrote my first book. I woke up from mm -hmm. my surgery. I was still in grad school. I said, that's it. And this was the year I was supposed to take my comp exams. And I said, that's it. I'm going hardcore because anything that's within me should be out there. And it totally changed the dynamic of everything I do. Wow. Everything I do. A life-defining That's moment. when I wrote my book. I was a guest on a, um, several radio stations, but one in Philadelphia, when I was a guest on there, said, we got so many emails about your guest appearance. We want you to stay here. <laughs> and that's when podcasting was first starting. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And then I started my podcast from there. So it was like serendipitous. 
very serendipitous. Yeah. yeah. But that's the whole thing. I mean, sometimes it can take such drastic circumstances to get you to finally say, my voice is important. Yeah. And my company allows people to know that their voice is important. It doesn't need a drastic circumstance. If you have a passion about something, it's important. If you have something to say or educate people on, it's important. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. It is. I mean, just that segment right there has I'm getting choked so, up, ladies. So, <laughs> so so much, you know, from a standpoint of life lessons and inspiration and, and empowerment. I mean, all of that. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you have all these organizations that are trying to help people speak up why not let it be on the airwaves? Right. Why not? Yeah. And that's, that's where people will hear you. Mm -hmm. That's For where sure. you have a community because if you're, I mean, this is one thing that I learned and, and I don't get religious on this stuff, but I remember right before I published my first book and I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this voice saying, well, who's going to want to hear this? And I was sitting there like totally silent and something within me said, if you're questioning this, somebody needs to hear it. Hmm. And within a week, I had people all over the world, once my book released, within a week saying, we've been waiting for this. You know, so it's the same thing with podcasting. Like there is always going to be somebody out there who's thinking the same way or questioning the same things that you are. You are not the only one. You are not alone. Yeah. It, it's so, like the whole there's no stupid question. Mm -hmm. Well, because people are afraid to ask because they're afraid that no one else has that question or no one else will understand why they're asking it. So when I you're asked putting, my mom a stupid question the other day, and it was totally what was stupid. It? What was it? I asked her how to make meatloaf. <gasps> Everything mm. with this podcast <laughs> is leading back to meatloaf. <laughs> to meatloaf. This is freaking Oliver. No, this is freaking me no. out. <laughs> This is literally freaking me out. Listen, I have, I, I just picked up my friend's dogs because she's in the hospital. So I picked them up. I can't get out to the store. So my neighbor said to me, I'm going to the store. What do you need? I said, give me some ground beef, which I only, I only eat beef like once a month just for iron levels. And, uh, I had to call my mother because I mean, I'll grill filet mignon like a mm -hmm. mofo. But I'm not used to, and I make turkey meatloaf. Like I make turkey or like vegetable meatloaf or something like that. And I called my mother. I said, how do you make meatloaf? Or she's like, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. Oh. <laughs> because I used to make it with her in the kitchen. So I should know right. that by now. But yeah, well, how many years ago did you make a meatloaf with mom? Uh, well, I'm 45 now. So we're going to stay 40 years. Well, there you there go. You go. <laughs> And the worst part is she's now 73 and can't remember the recipe. So I think she was just mad at me then. Mm -hmm. You're putting her she, on the spot. Yeah. Well, Jess, I can give you some pointers for meatloaf. I'll do that real briefly because <laughs> yeah. this- Do you put ketchup over the top? Heinz sometimes ketchup I from do. Pittsburgh? Yes, sometimes I, I did do it with brown I did sugar. I last night. Yeah, you got to mix brown sugar with it. But when mm. you're making meatloaf- I don't eat sugar. 
uh, I do. I, I try not to because of the whole diabetes thing. We discussed that offline, but um, you got to have the brown sugar with the ketchup. But the secret to a good meatloaf is A1 steak sauce. Oh, man. In the mix. And instead of using breadcrumbs, I use the, I crush up dry stovetop stuffing mix and use that instead of breadcrumbs. Jess, I'm a meatloaf queen. My like, family loves my meatloaf and they Kelly, love my meatballs. I'm like blushing right now with what you said. And <laughs> I just want to get more ground beef so I can make it your way. All I'm right. telling you, there's no measurements. Okay. The fr- I'm just going to say this. The fact that you mentioned stovetop stuffing, because I can eat a whole box by myself. And every Thanksgiving, my mother makes all these packets of stovetop and my sister comes in. She's like, oh no, I make my stuffing from scratch and I put sausage in there and this and that. I'm like, no, you need stovetop. Yeah. And the fact that you mentioned that you put that into your meatloaf, I'm down. Yeah. I'm totally down. It's delicious. And yeah, we had a whole conversation about meatloaf with another guest because he had asked me about meatloaf on his podcast a few months ago. That's our producer, Rob yes. Oliver. Our producer. Rob, how you doing, Rob? Rob yeah. and I have to connect. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys can trade off and um, be on each other's shows. And there yeah. You go. So that was one of the questions that he had asked at the end of the podcast I was on was meatloaf, underrated <laughs> or overrated? And I said, I think it's underrated. And this is why I'm going to give you my secret recipe. So he's joking that millions of people now have my recipe from his show. <laughs> Do you, that's so funny. Do you know that I actually used to, and I wish they were still on, but there were so many things going wrong with it. I used to produce a show called Underrated Overrated. And that's really? exactly what they would do. And they just couldn't keep it together. So if you and your producer want to instill that again, you let me know. All Maybe right. we can do it a four-way thing. Yeah. The three of us and Rob can right. all be on this Underrated that would be, Overrated. That, that would be, be awesome. We'll bring you on to the Be The Voice Podcast Network. There you go. Fabulous. See? There you go. That's how business is done, people. That's right. Right. Opportunities (laughs) everywhere you turn. Always say yes. You always say yes. Until you have to say no. Yeah. See, another little tidbit of great advice from this great Jess Mm -hmm. Brandt. Innocent until proven guilty. I am always proven guilty. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, continue, ladies. (laughs) All right. All so, right. So go ahead, Cindy. You go. No, go ahead, Kel. I'm sorry. I didn't have anything. I was just kind of. Oh, <laughs> you were tossing it to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing you guys off here. Right. I know. And this, literally, this, this is, is a good a, content the, moment. See, I'm and throwing that's you off. It. Yes. Yeah. And we had a discussion about content and mm-hmm. just just being yourself on podcasts. And, and Cindy, I'm, I'm butting into whatever you were going to ask. So hopefully you're going to remember it. But mm-hmm. is that part of. What drove you to podcasting? Like we already talked about some of this, but just to be able to run your own show and say what you want and within reason, I'm sure. And Oh, I have no reason. It to goes. Get, it goes. I know. I, I got to tell you, some of my favorite episodes are you and Nathan James. I could listen to you oh, two banter is, all day. He <laughs> is uh, – I have to give kudos to Nathan James. So he is a good friend of mine. He works for NBC. He's a journalist. So uh, he's also wonderful because – in fact, he just called me before you guys got on with me um, with all the developments in Texas right now. So I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. it's not a political discuss- discussion right now. But that'll be the next podcast we do after yeah, we do the well, 
Supreme Court needs to get their ass in gear. That's all I'm saying. Just a little. Just mm-hmm. a little. No, just a lot. <laughs> um, so anyway, but Nathan is is fantastic because I can call him at any moment. Now, we release our shows every week. The past two weeks, we haven't released our shows, uh, number one, because of the events in Kabul. And we want to make sure mm-hmm. that we're respectful of that and everything that's going on in the news. And then, of course, with Hurricane Ida, which we actually had tornadoes last night here in my area. So, mm. um, but uh, a show I produce is actually out of New Orleans. Ooh. And so the host actually evacuated to California. She went to California. But, uh, and she's an, inv- oh, she's fantastic. Fantastic. She's a levees expert. She wrote a best-selling book on, and she did an investigative study on why the levees broke in Hurricane Katrina. And she actually, in front of Congress, took down the Army Corps of Engineers. Like she's fantastic. Yeah, she. I remember hearing about that. So she's like the mainstay. So I produce her podcast, and she's helping other people when they see a problem in their community or town, to, you know, how to get yourself in a position where you can take the big guys on the big institutions on and say, listen, this is not okay. What's uh, the name of her show, Jess? Uh, it's called beat the big guys. So it can be found everywhere. Uh, she, it, but she's amazing. And she's actually one of the first, um, hearing impaired podcast, uh, podcast hosts that are there. So, Wow. Um, and, and I love to be the first, like I was actually one of the first LGBT podcasters out Bravo there for that. Woo. And she's one of those first, I have, um, one of the first, uh, relationship podcasts that went out because obviously that's what my books were about. So I love being the first, but I mean, in hindsight, the, the, situation where people can actually bring a team and a community together to change things is probably the most important thing when it comes to a podcast. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you guys do it. This is what you're doing with, uh, you know, biz, bevs and bites. Mm -hmm. You bring together, uh, restaurants or foodies. You bring together the beverage lovers. And I'm sitting here at my bar right now. (laughs) <laughs> we see that the drink suggest bar in my mm-hmm. basement full yeah. wet bar tiled you can't see it but it's tiled um and obviously business because as entrepreneurs i mean podcast is an entrepreneurial business yeah i mean that's what it is and there are ways to accentuate on that especially now right yeah and it's so- just so mobile you can listen to a podcast basically no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, getting hooked on a TV show, you're sitting on a sofa. Yeah, I know, but I love my Netflix. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Totally love that. I totally just binge watch Motel Makeover. Motel Makeover. Oh, oh, yeah. I just told my Ooh. sister about it because she loves okay. makeover shows. Seriously, ladies, watch it. And if you didn't see, uh, what is it? Um, Chef's Table. Do you guys ever watch Chef's Table? Because I know you like food. I love food, but I've never okay. heard no. of that. So on Netflix, um, there's a program called Chef's Table. And I think this was uh, barbecue season. I want to say that. Barbecue season. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong later <clears throat> on. Um, but man, 
I could watch that forever. The first episode was a, a woman named Trudy. And she's like in her 80s. And she's a pit master. Oh, my God. Whoa. You have no idea. Like, I just want to go actually out to Indiana, Kansas, wherever she was, and learn. Wow. Because I love to grill. So I fell in love with this lady. I fell in love with this lady. And it was actually a family business. And her parents had it. Her husband had it. He died. She took it over. And she's sitting there, like, shoveling coals and everything. Amazing. We need to have her on on the podcast. Are you kidding? I want to get her. I want to go out and actually yes. record her live. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's take the show ridiculous. on the road. road ridiculous, trip. ladies. Ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, if you so, did a, a biz, bev, and bites, and I did a drinks with Jess, I'll be the bartender. And if we did a road trip series for a year, mm -hmm. I have to bring Nacho with me. Of course. You know. I'd be upset if you didn't bring them. And we have to have margaritas because of nacho. Yes. Nacho and margaritas. Mm -hmm. But we could do it. Oh, we sure could. And we would do it live. Oh, my god! That, that would be my thing. We would do it live. It has to be live. All right. It can be biz, bebs, bites, and barbecue. <laughs> done and done. Yeah. you got my three best vaccinated friend. ladies ready That's to it. go. My best friend used to be... Um, she had a job. I don't remember what her title was for the American Barbecue Association. And her job was to go out to all the barbecue competitions. That's all she did. All she did was judge at all these barbecue. Like I wanted that job. All she did was go and judge all these barbecue competitions. Wow. We could do that. Mm -hmm. We yeah. could do that. We could do that. Yeah. And do it live. Mm -hmm. No editing. <laughs> That, that's a thing with you is the no editing, no like, muting. No, obviously. Why? Why do you think that we should do editing? Because I know you guys have more questions for me, but why should we do more editing? I think because Cindy and I both suffer from allergies, so we're constantly <laughs> muting to sniffle or cough or clear our throats. Or Yeah, so do I. I okay. know. But you are Jess Brannis. You can do anything you want on a freaking podcast <laughs> and people are going to still listen to you. Right. Now, when we get to Jess Brannis level, then we'll hack then. and sneeze a little bit right. live. You know what, though? I started out at that level. Yeah, but you're still mm -hmm. Jess Brannis, man. <laughs> you guys are making me blush. <laughs> I love it. Good. I can see it, too. I love it. I know. It. It's, I'm blushing. You guys on uh, who are listening because it's audio can't see this, but I'm seriously blushing yes. right now. I can love definitely it. see it. I love it. Cindy, <laughs> see me blush right. a million times. That's Don't right. lie. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm, I'm going to ask a question, Jess. Sure. So what is one thing? Because, you know, we were talking about the three of us are entrepreneurs. We're business owners. We have multiple businesses. What do you, what is the one thing that you feel is necessary to be successful in business? Well, it, it's funny because I was talking about this on the last show I was recording earlier today, but the the biggest thing is to be likable. And that's different than being liked. Likable mm -hmm. and being liked are two totally different things. People can like my show, but likable is them liking me as a person, which means I resonated with them. I've connected with them. If you think about it, you could make 
you know, if you're in sales, for example, you can make a presentation. I mean, I've been on this. I've been on tons of presentations, like sales presentations for new software, new equipment, whatever. You know, people contact me. I give them that time because I do want to know what's going on. But at the same time, many of them are flat. It's all about the presentation, the equipment, the cost. They don't connect with you. Mm -hmm. The whole thing about podcasts is connecting with people and including business. Right. All of my business, and I surprisingly with Brandis Enterprises and all the podcast and video cast production that I do, I actually have not once had to do marketing for my business. All of my business has come from word of mouth, even in the social media world. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody comes to me because they listen to somebody's podcast that I actually produce. They contact that person. They say, contact my producer. Um, so at least I know I do good work. But, you know, when people listen to my shows, it's <clears throat> you're likable. You resonate. People want to spend that time with you. They want to sit at the table with you. They want to have right. that conversation with you. I have sat there, like I said, in these uh, sales presentations. And I, I'm like, oh, well, it was good information, but I don't know if the person's likable. I don't know if I mm-hmm. like them. And then I've been in presentations, like especially, you know, prior to being a podcaster, I'm like, wow, I could actually sit down and hang out with this guy at a table or this girl at a table mm-hmm. or have a drink, you know, at the bar right. or something like that. So for me, being liked, people may like me, but if they knew that they could sit down with me and hang out for a night, yeah. that makes me likable. And that's what I've always done with my show. And that's what I help others that I produce do with their shows. And I mean, they're, they're, audience increases exponentially when they do that. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's the no like trust. I mean, that's what it is. Once you get to know someone and you like them, then you learn to trust them. You're not going to do business with someone that either you don't like Mm -hmm. or that you especially that you don't trust. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I will not work with somebody that I don't trust, nor do I like. I will not do that. I mean, you know, a lot of people are going after, well, I need this contract. I need this much money. I don't care about that. I'm like, do I like what they're saying? Do I like what they're presenting? Do we vibe? Even when I bring guests on to the show, even celebrities, I mean, there are celebrities that I've been, uh, had booked on drinks with Jess and I do a preliminary like zoom, like just interaction with them. We get to know each other. We start laughing. I was like, all right, we're going to rock and roll. Yeah. And I, I know that's a little, you know, ahead of the game for most podcasters. Most people aren't going to have like, I mean, I'm talking, I have celebrities on that I will say, we got to shoot the shit before I say yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And can it's okay. Na- can you name drop well, any? <laughs> I can name drop a lot. <laughs> I, actually, my first celebrity interview, believe it or not, he, here's how crazy it is. My first celebrity interview was with Rachel Ray. Stop it. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Well, yeah, because that. I was I was doing live radio at the time. And um I was at the Pennsylvania Conference for Women and the radio producer said, "Okay, well, um Rachel Ray requested to interview with us." I mean, you have ABC, CBS, mm-hmm. NBC there. She requested us. And my producer said, "You're going in." 
Now, I had only been on that station for like two months. I said, okay. And I mean, I was fortunate because she said, you know, our audience has increased because you've come on. And I came on because I was a guest on that show and they got so many emails that they asked me to stay on. Wow. So I was like, okay. Now the whole time, even like 10 minutes, five minutes before I had to do the interview and they had all these chairs set up. It was beautiful. And she said, well, do you know what you're going to ask her? I said, no, that was driving my producer crazy and the head of the radio show. I said, no, I said, I'll know when I sit down there. They're like, do you have anything in mind? No, no. So Rachel comes walking up. They put her in the chair. I walk over. I said, Hey, Rach. I don't even say, Hey, Rachel or Hey, Miss Rach. I'm like, Hey, Rach, what's going on? She's like, nothing. And she, by the end of it, like we're taking photos on the step and repeat. And she's like, you have the best voice. (laughs) Now here's the thing. The organizer of the entire conference said to me after that interview, she said, you had the most tweetable quote during the entire conference because I asked her about um, what was her favorite date night food. Because I actually used to write for a magazine of somebody that is a friend of hers that she has had on her show. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I used to, because of my books, I said, oh, I actually used to write for him. We could talk. And I said, okay, what's your best date night food? And she said, remember Lady and the Tramp? Mm -hmm. She said, spaghetti, hands down. Like she said, sucking noodles is just sexy. That was the (laughs) quote of the entire conference went all over the world. Uh, and my, my producer was like, and I was like, well, I asked her some basic questions, like what's her favorite restaurant, but so were all the other things. Mm-hmm. NBC went on, ABC went on. I was the last to interview her and I got that magic moment. So it's about getting that magic moment, but that was my first celebrity interview. And I was right. only two years in or two months in. Right. So, so just like you didn't set out to have that magic moment. With Rachel Ray. No, no. You know what it was? I decided to be unscripted Mm -hmm. and I sat down with her and I treated her like any other human being that I would have uh, a conversation with. That's it. You don't need to script things. And I know people get, uh, well, okay. So I'm going to put this in two ways. On the podcaster journalistic side, sometimes there are some questions that you want to ask. On the guest side, there are some questions that you may not want to answer. And sometimes Mm -hmm. on the guest side, depending on who you are, you may want people to actually see the real you. Yeah. So like when I had Don Robinson from En Vogue on, Don was my favorite. I mean, you remember in the 90s, like Mm -hmm. Don was my favorite, like giving him something he can feel. Like she was my favorite. Hot, cool, sexy, great voice. And she's been on my show several times. She actually sang happy birthday to me and we you know, keep in contact all the time. She's got some great stuff coming up. Uh, and she's a sweetheart. We've become very good friends, but, um, I remember telling her, I said, listen, I'm unscripted. Our conversation was so candid and so real. She's like, you call me spur of the moment. I'm on. Wow. That's it. I mean, and she's like an eight time Grammy nominated winner. Yeah. yeah. Of one of the groups that, you know, we all dance to. Uh, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> if I had a decent voice, I would sing it because um, I have I the, can't sing. I could dance I like never gonna, but I can't oh, sing. Cindy, see me, me dance. Oh, Jess can tear up a dance floor like 
nobody's business. Oh man, yeah, I'm right. We gotta super do this. talented. We gotta do this. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know. We need a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need like a sure. podcasting party for we a weekend. Do. All yeah. podcasters that we know, we yes. all do each other's shows. We can do it live. <clears throat> we bring a video crew out. We do a whole twelve-hour live feed of podcasts. Oh, what that do you think? would be fun. Yes. At like Nemecolon or Seven Springs. Oh, Nemecolon. I performed yeah. at Nemecolon. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. Somewhere yeah. that we can even bring a crowd and people can watch live oh, yeah. well, or they that's can the just point. stream oh, yeah. or. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the point. Oh, wow. I'm in. I mean, look Look at all these things we now have on our agendas. I we're know. hosting a, a live podcasting event. It's going to be awesome. We're traveling with barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, we're taking the podcast, the biz, bevs, and bites on show on the road with drinks with Jess, Jess on your bartender right. of the right. day, <laughs> of the week, of the month, of the year. Jess, you and I are gonna have to have a little bartending competition because I I make a mean cocktail. Do you? Oh, what, yeah. What's your specialty? Oh, because so, I'm sitting at my bar, even though I have all my recording equipment right here. Well, yeah, you can do the classic martini, um, a sidecar, Manhattan. Oh, oh. yeah. If you can make a good Manhattan, mm-hmm. that's choice. But I can tell you, my my neighbors actually call me over and they're like, oh, we're making this for dinner. You want to join us? And I say, sure. And they're like, okay, well, we have this liquor. What are you making? Yes. And I have to create something. I've sure. made basil martinis, mm. lemon martinis, chocolate martinis are like my mainstay. Yes. Like if you can make a yeah. – my, my neighbor Lou – he, it's so funny, but chocolate martinis are his favorite drink. And he has said to me over the years, oh, this bartender makes it the, greatest, the greatest, and this bartender makes it the greatest. And then I made him one. And he's like, yep, no, you're the hands down best. Don't. That's awesome. Yep. So they call <laughs> me whenever approved. they need a cocktail. Hey, if you That's get right. free dinner, why not? You can go yeah. over for dinner, mix up That's a cocktail. It. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. Absolutely. Are you into wine, Jess, or do you just like cocktails? Like I liquor? I do I do like wine, but I only like white wine. Okay. Um, red wine gives me a headache because mm-hmm. of the tannins and blush. I don't think blush should exist. Just, well, what about rosé? Yeah, same thing. No. Although Motel Makeover that I just watched on Netflix is mm-hmm. all about rosé, so I might have to give it a second chance. I'd say give rosés a, a second chance. I, I would I, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I found people some are getting rosés. into rosé. Mm-hmm. People are getting. I I like Moscato. I like champagne. I love champagne. Oh, I love I'm, bubbles. Yes, mimosas, prosecco. Perse- oh yeah. Pre- yeah. In fact, I I remember interviewing uh, Jamie Larita, and he's a celebrity chef, and he just put out a line of prosecco. Mm. So when I interviewed him, he was actually just announcing his prosecco line, and he poured me a glass. I was like, "Dude, really? Done and done. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought anything else but that. It was so good." So Ooh. is his? Where where can we get his prosecco? Uh, you can actually just look him up online. Just look okay. up Jamie Larita. Okay. And uh, you'll sure find all was, the information. If it was in our fine wine and uh, spirit stores here in the Pennsylvania uh, area. Well, who knows? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? But the uh, PLCB does or yeah. control board does. Cindy, you can contact your friend. I know. Which, I by the way, local. I have to say, when this pandemic started, Cindy mm-hmm. and, and Kelly, I'm sure you guys were very upset that the liquor control board closed. Yes. Not only all the liquor stores and, and the state closed all the businesses because we were going into quarantine, but they did it 
two days before St. Patrick's Day. I now, know. I'm not Irish, but St. Patrick's Day is my jam, besides mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo, because of Nacho. <laughs> right. And can I just mention how much I love that your dog's name is one of my favorite foods in the entire world? <laughs> if I'm not eating Italian, I'm eating Mexican, period. You, like, those are my two that that's why groups. I adopt. Well, I, there were two reasons why I adopted him. The one reason is that his name was already Nacho. <laughs> I did not name him. The rescue named him. And uh, the the rescue was owned by a friend of mine. And she's like, oh, Nacho needs a home for the holidays. And it was right at my birthday. Holidays. And I had lost my dog seven years previously. And I was searching for a new dog. And they look exactly alike. And I was like, he looks like Bo. And his name is Nacho. And I was a Spanish teacher at the time. I was like, who doesn't love a black pit bull named Nacho? Like, who doesn't love that? Like, seriously, when people ask what his name is, they're like, that's the best name. Like, if I ever got, I mean, you know, he's going to be seven, and God forbid, whenever I told him he has to live for 25 more years, and I know that's not going to happen, but I'm hoping it does. But if it doesn't, I'll have to adopt another one that looks like him, Yeah, and I'm going to name him Waffles. Waffles. (laughs) Yeah, because Belgian waffles are, like, my favorite food. Can you imagine a pit bull named Waffles? Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's, it's adorable. Like, it's like naming a, a bull mastiff Tiny. Do you want to know? You know? You know how many dates I've gotten just because I say, "Oh, his name is Nacho." When I'm what? walking down the street mm-hmm. and a girl asks about him, you know how many yeah. dates I've gotten because of him? <gasps> a lot. He, he's the he's a wingman. Oh, yeah, he's a wingman. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fantastic. No joke. Yeah, That's totally fantastic. a wingman. Mm-hmm. I that love it. I love it. I love it. I know. I'm so non-conventional. <laughs> no, that's that's why you are likable. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. to the whole likable thing. You Absolutely. know, it, listen, it's you no only goal. live once. You know, people try and do all these things and they say, oh, well, it matters. No, it doesn't. When you die, nobody's gonna fucking care. Ooh, yeah. Nobody's gonna damn care. <laughs> That's fine. You could bleep that out, producers. No, but seriously, nobody's gonna care. They're gonna right. care what kind of impact you made. Yeah. And I, I think that you, I know that you are going to have a legacy of impact from everything that you do, from helping mm-hmm. other people with their shows and mm-hmm. helping authors and writing your books and having your podcast. It's all, it's a lot of stuff. I need a vacation, ladies. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take I you. I, see, I seriously work probably 14 hours a day. I was going to ask that, and I thought maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know that you said you're an open book, but you don't want to ask questions where people are like, oh, I don't, don't want to give away my secrets, or no, I don't, don't want to tell people how hard I work. Because no, I don't people, care. I know you now. I, I definitely know. <laughs> but <laughs> people, been, people think people think one of two things. I think whenever you're a business owner, you guys can can chime in and correct me on this. They think that either you work two or three hours a day and make a million dollars a year. Or you work 16 hours a day and you just scrape by. I don't think people understand that there is a balance and there is sense to running a business and and working, whether you work out of your home or you have an office somewhere, that being an entrepreneur is not – it's not a magic – it's not something that you do that you just automatically get success and it's also not something that you are working 16, 20 hours a day to be successful. Like there's a middle – well, at, at some point, there is a middle. Um, I have not found that point yet. <laughs> uh, and I've been doing this for eight years. Uh, no, but I love what I do. So, um, and there's a 
couple of different things to the mechanism. So for example, like I have my own show. I produce other shows for the network. I produce shows that are not on the network. Then we have a division that produces people's audiobooks because that's the same skills that we use for podcasting as far as audio quality. And I've had to put my books in the audio form so I have that know-how. Now, will I do a side project with people because I'm doing it now where I help them publish their books? Yeah, I do that because I know how to do it. I know how to market it. Um, so I do help them with that. But I only do that like maybe twice a year. Okay. So, but everything that I do kind of works in unison. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you created a book, you want to do an audiobook version. Oh, your information's great. You want to do a podcast. Okay. So we roll you over to the podcast section, you know, so everything we do kind of allows people to see that forward momentum of what they want to achieve. Uh, that has been very good for time efficiency, but at the same time, I do a lot, most of the production on all the shows, but I enjoy that. Yeah. And I also am an early bird. So I wake up at like 3 a.m. <gasps> oh, like, yeah. I well, I'm also early. like a senior citizen because I go to sleep at like seven. Like Joy Reid is on, time to lay in bed. Like I'm good. <laughs> I have MSNBC streaming through my house, you know, <laughs> listen to the news while I fall asleep. And now that it's getting darker because it's fall, mm -hmm. I'm totally good with that. When 4.30, it's dark. My butt's in bed. Um, no, but seriously, but I wake up in the morning. I get a workout done. I get a run in. Nacho finally wakes up. I get him out. And then I have hours to work. So my work day is actually done by noon. Wow. And then I can enjoy the sunlight, enjoy mm -hmm. my life because I love sun. So if I could be I outside. So I kind of cater myself during the seasons as to, okay, when is – is it going to be my refill your cup time? Mm -hmm. Which for me is in the sunlight, doing yard work, in the afternoon, laying out, jumping in the pool, whatever it is. So I get to cater myself. For most people who are wanting to figure out how to create that balance, it's really like, well, what's your balance? Yeah. I think the first thing that's important is when you start your day, if you can, and even if, if you have to wake up earlier, like I wake up at three o'clock in the morning so I can work out. Well, not right now because I'm not allowed right. to work out my shoulder, but wake up early, do all the stuff that you want to do for yourself, whether it's meditate, whether it's read, whether it's workout, whether it's go for a run, take that time first in the morning to do you. That way at the end of the day, when you've been working so hard, you don't sit there and say, wow, I didn't do anything for me today. Yeah. And you're depleted. If you fill your cup first thing in the morning, you're golden. Mm -hmm. you know, take care of yourself first so Absolutely. then you can take care of business. What do you guys do? Do you guys do that? I am not a morning person. Cindy knows this. <laughs> um, I, my day at my desk starts anywhere between 8 and 9 a.m. I will not lie. I am not a morning person. I'm not. I, I'm a snooze. Uh, eight's snooze, early. Snooze. Nine's early. Mm, I guess I so. Start but I hear my, people like you, and I'm like, Geez, no, no, oh, no. I start my work day at nine a.m. But yeah, I but get you've already had six hours to of do stuff. Me, yeah, no, I have six hours of me time. How many people could sit there and say in a day that they have six hours of me time? Not me. Not many. I do. 
I get about an hour. I get about an hour and a half in the evening when my sister and I walk. Um, and that's, I mean, even though I'm with somebody else, that's still my me time. Um, and then I have a, a massage, um, membership. So I go once a month Mm -hmm. and sometimes every three weeks just depends. And I get a, you know, sometimes 90, sometimes two hour massage. Mm -hmm. And I I consider that me time too. Mm -hmm. Um, but that makes a lot of sense about filling your cup in the morning. And I did notice the days that I do get up earlier, like Monday, I knew Cindy and I had such a jam packed day of stuff Mm -hmm. we wanted to get done. I started at my desk at like seven and -hmm. just that extra hour made a huge difference in my day. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I, I wake up early, uh, occupational hazard. Okay. So I was a teacher for 17 years and at the time I lived in the city of Philadelphia, but I worked in South Jersey. So that was like an hour, hour and a half commute every morning. So I had to get up early, go to the gym. Now I also woke up in the mornings when I was a kid early because my father was a doctor. So in the mornings he had a private practice, but in the mornings he would go and work at the hospital or the emergency room before he even started his home hours at 9am. So I was always used to waking up early and I also grew up in Lancaster. So it's like the sun comes up, the crow yelps and you're awake. Like I love watching the sunrise. I don't like to waste the day when the sun is up. Mm -hmm. I just don't. Now, could I go to sleep at 4.30 in the afternoon on December 10th when it's that dark out? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and see the sunshine and say, you know, good morning. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. But I I think the me time, like, so many people resent the fact that they don't have that or they don't even know what it feels like to have me time anymore. Like you said, you, you go, Kelly, to get a massage once a month. Do you know the other day I had like an entire spa day and I did waxing and I relaxed and I had a massage and I went shopping for new clothes and I took myself out to dinner. And, you know, I mean, with me, like Nacho's my man, I'm always here, but I need to be away from him too Mm -hmm. once in a while. He doesn't like it, but I have to do it. And I haven't done that since before the pandemic. Actually, I probably haven't done something like that since before I got him six years ago. Wow. And that day, I mean, I do other stuff, but that day I was like, I need to do something like this once a month, like a pamper me day once a month. But every day I still do pamper me hours. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. If, if anything, that may be the best advice that yeah. anybody can resonate with and take away from this episode because and that's such a big thing and it's like a little um not a tagline but like a popular term self-care self-care mm-hmm. but it's true you mm-hmm. need time to yourself oh yeah definitely even to work out like right now with everything that i've had to deal with the past couple of days i could tell you i need time to myself to take care of my emotions kind of think through everything maybe not be angry about certain things, whatever the case might be, and kind of keep myself in check. You got to have that. Yeah. So if the dog is sleeping and you have the time, that's the time to do it. Wow. You know? Well, Jess, you have given us so many great pieces of advice and tips and strategies and Lots of pearls of wisdom. I hope so. I don't know what I said, but I'll I'll find out when I listen to (laughs) it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was jam packed with. I just kind of go. Everything great. Yeah. I'm like a robot. I just kind of go and then I'll listen to it when it comes out and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh man, did I really say that? I don't think <laughs> you had no. any oh man moments <laughs> no. during this whole but, thing. Listen, in my mind, there's always an oh man moment, but that's okay because the oh man moments are gold. <laughs> yes. That's right. That is the content. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. No, ladies, you you are a delight. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Oh, thank you. We're beyond thrilled. So, but before we uh, wrap up and before we go, Jess, we have uh, three three important questions to ask you. So, are you ready for the four one two? I I hope I remember the answers that I gave you. Uh, (laughs) They might change. That's okay. That's fine. When you guys guys asked me that, I was like, okay, well, this is what it is. And then I'm like, uh, am I going to – I should have written it down, but I don't – That's fine. Because we actually thought about, you know, do we ask ahead of time or do we just fly off the cuff? I think we might fly off the cuff moving forward. I think you should. Yeah, Yeah, that's another thing we wanted to ask you too was Mm -hmm. like how – you know, you said about like you're very – open and you just kind of go with the flow oh, and, and I think absolutely. non-scripted. And I think that, you know, we do ask the the guests to give us two questions that they want us to ask. Mm-hmm. But beside that, we are pretty off the cuff and, oh, yeah. you right. know, but I think oh, we're going totally to, we're going to pull good. back on the 412 sin. We'll see no, no, how that no, works. No, no, no. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. No, no, no. I want to, no, I want to give it to I you. Feel like it's, saying... I feel like it's like Jeopardy. <laughs> like, am I going to get this right? Like what is... So, I used to cheat off a guy who won Jeopardy. He oh my beat gosh. Ken. He beat Ken Jennings. He sat next to me in AP European History, and Stop I cheated it. off him because I never showed up to class because I was always in my Spanish teacher's room. Yeah. Stop it. No, God. seriously. You're like Kevin and Bacon. I, and and like I still, seven. I still <laughs> got a D in European history. Like I don't even know how that happened, but he won Jeopardy, and he left school his first semester at like Yale or Harvard to manage a blockbuster. If anybody remembers blockbuster, and then mm-hmm. he goes on to win Jeopardy. What? You believe that? Yeah. Crazy. I'm gonna nickname you Kevin Bacon. You're like connected to everybody by something. <laughs> hey, like. listen, Kevin Bacon's a good Philadelphia boy. That's yeah, I am. Isn't that what it is? Isn't the seven degrees There's to Kevin Bacon? Six, six degrees. Six oh, yeah. degrees. I can do six degrees to a lot. In fact, I can actually do six degrees to Kevin Bacon. Stop it. <laughs> That's really sad with everybody that I've interviewed. Absolutely, I can. Mm-hmm. I can do okay. it in like three degrees. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I can have him on my show. <laughs> there you, you go. Ba- bacon and Brews. We'll do that episode, Bacon and Brews. Yeah. We'll bring him on and we'll go out for beer. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or Bloody bacon Marys with bacon in them. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. I can't have Bloody Marys. I'm allergic to tomato. Oh. You didn't ask that on your 412. No, no I didn't. But well, I need- should have yeah. because okay. I have food allergies too. Yes. So that's a whole other story and a whole mm-hmm. other episode. Right. But the whole 412 thing came up because we wanted to end with something fun with all of mm-hmm. our guests. And when I was on Rob Oliver's podcast, he asks three questions about um, – like cementing your humanity. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that he asked was the meatloaf question. So I thought, how can we tie food into this? And we came up with 412, which is the original Pittsburgh area code. Mm -hmm. My my phone number was 412-551-5115. When I lived in Pittsburgh for eight years back in the 90s, that was, that was, I lived in Shadyside. That was my Phone number. That's when cell phones first came out. That was my cell phone number. That's amazing that you remember your phone number. From, I remember you know, everybody's phone number. You... I don't. I don't need an address book. I remember everybody's phone number. You're like Rainbow. I remember old ones. I still remember no, my. I remember having to go through the fucking white pages. 
Yeah. And look for people's numbers. <laughs> like yeah. normal people. Yeah. I remember every phone number and every address that I've lived at. Don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still remember some of my friends growing up, like their parents' home phone numbers. We were all 412 673 or 672 mm-hmm. exchanges. Um, I grew up in Little Rivertown, Glassport, along the Monongahela River. Yeah. And, uh, I still do remember some of their their home phone numbers, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. When, so, anyway, when I call my friends in Pittsburgh, I still remember their phone numbers. They're like, "Wow, that like, how do you do that?" I said, "Because I used to call you before we had address books in our cell phones. Like, yeah. <laughs> you do- repetition. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says about education. Repetition is gold." No, I agree. That's mm-hmm. that's anyway. Crazy. Continue. I'm sorry, ladies. No, you're good. Up. You what? are good. So um, the four one two we ask is all food related. So it's a four item question, a one item question, and a two item question. So Jess, mm-hmm. what are the four must haves in your salad? Okay. Well, I know I said apples mm-hmm. and carrots mm-hmm. and cabbage. Yep. Uh, I don't remember what the other one was, and I know I switch off a lot. Sometimes it's cheese. Sometimes it's cucumbers. Uh, sometimes it's spinach. Oh, spinach. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Spinach. I got it. Spinach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, eat, I eat spinach whenever I can. I love, love spinach. It. I do, too. I love it. When I, I, was a, it. when I was a kid, I remember watching the Popeye cartoons. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Popeye and Olive Oil? And spinach was his thing, and he'd have the can, and he'd put it in his mouth, and then his bicep would go. That was my thing. I used to eat when I was a kid as a snack. I would grab when my parents weren't looking. I would grab a can of spinach out of the cupboard <gasps> and I'd open it up and I'd eat it like Popeye. Oh Hence my, my fascination with weightlifting that I can't do right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so so here's the I, I know I know everything I do and why I've done it. That's, That's good. sick. No, it's sick. Anyway, Cindy, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So what is the one thing, Jess, that you will not eat? Oh, olives. Olives. I hate olives. I also don't like cottage. Oh, cottage cheese. That's a love or oh. hate. <laughs> I, I tried. My mother likes cottage cheese with like fruit. And a lot Me of too. people do. And it's very healthy. It's very protein oriented, mm-hmm. which I'm down with. But um, I remember when I was with my, well, now ex, we're going to say ex-partner at the time, and I just started grad school, and we were trying to get ready for my friend's wedding, and I was working out a lot, and I was trying to get her to work out a lot so we could fit into whatever we had to wear. And so I went to grad school, and she would pack me these lunches to take with me. And she's like, okay, we have to start eating this. And she packed me like a banana and cottage cheese. And I'm like, and I'm sitting in my car outside of my grad school and I open it up and I take a bite. I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. And so then I tried to take a bite with a banana after that to kind of like, like kind of like a shot and a chaser. Yeah. And that didn't work. I said, I can't do this because I am a huge texture person. So like rice pudding as great as it smells and as delicious as it tastes because of the texture, the chunkiness and the smooth, I can't do it. And most people I can't do it. That that have that texture aversion do not like cottage cheese. Oh, I can't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. No. I get to tell you a little family story about the cottage cheese. You know how most people grow up and they have stuffed peppers or stuffed cabbages with mashed potatoes. You know, you pour the red sauce mm-hmm. over the mashed potatoes, whatever. I was raised eating stuffed peppers with a side of cottage cheese. I cannot eat it any other way. 
I salt and pepper it. I do a bite of the pepper, like the inside, like the porcupine ball. And then I do a bite of the cottage cheese and it's just fantastic. But that's real. I mean, I do it with fruit sometimes, but that's really the only time I eat cottage cheese, but I'm the only person in my house that does it that way. My kids and my husband were like, what the hell are you eating? Like it's, <laughs> it's weird to them. I can't. Um, I yeah. Can't. And oh, olives. You don't like black or green, like no olives. Um, if, if black olives are disguised and I don't know that they're there, I could probably eat the food without knowing if they are there as a garnish, even on pizza. Can't do it. Can't do it. Perfect lead in. Perfect Perfect lead in. Mm -hmm. Give us two items on your pizza. Oh, I'm a classic pepperoni and mushroom. Classic. Although once in a while I, I do try and go a little bit more vegetarian. Not that I'm a vegan because I am totally not like, God forbid I don't eat meat for a day. Um, I, I will do, uh, green pepper and broccoli once in a while, but pepperoni and mushroom is my mainstay. I mean, Mm -hmm. come on back in the day. That's all you could order plain pepperoni or mushroom. Mushroom. So why not have all Mm -hmm. three? Yeah, that's true. You can have, you can have the best of everything. Yes. You can. Pizza shows us that. Yes. I do love a good white pizza with um, tomatoes, which you cannot do, but. No, I cannot, but I do love white pizza with a lot of vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And I, 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 I love thin crust, but I could tell you something. Give me a good Chicago pizza. Oh, Oh, that's thick crust. Mm -hmm. Done and done Sicilian pizza, like the square shape. Kind of like throws me back to like the Elio's pizza days when your mom would put them. That's the first time I burned my hand. Your mom put Elio's pizza in the oven. You cut it up in the perfect three slats, and I used to cut it up into nine, so it was like happy hour version of appetizers. <laughs> like seriously, I used to do that as as I was five years old. Yeah. So you, 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 you were top. heading for bartending at five and happy hours. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So you, you were preparing tapas before tapas was a thing here in the United listen, States. <laughs> listen, ladies, that's how you roll. Okay. That's how you roll. <laughs> I used to, you, do you remember like uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it used to come like the chicken noodles were like in a little O. You remember that because we were all yeah. back in the day. Yeah. You know what I used to do? I used to take a Ritz cracker, drain all the broth off and just put the noodles on top of the Ritz cracker. I used to eat appetizers when I had soup. That's all I did. Hmm. And then I would drink the soup. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was telling, totally, I'm an apps girl. I'm an apps yeah. girl. Oh, I'm a dip. I'm a dip person. Oh. I love dips. I will Me dip too. anything in vegetables, crackers, breads, you name it. Oh. I am dipping in fondue type dips or cream cheese based dips or whatever. I that's what Cindy, we'll have to do. Cindy, do you like dip? I I like everything, Jess. There is like not a food that I don't like. And if it's something that I've never tried, I'm always game to try try something new. You know, we do when we get together live, we're going to do mm-hmm. a a chip and chat. And we got to like it. And we have all different types of chips that we got to put in mm-hmm. a dip and we chat. Well, I have a dip that I make that I've made it for years and uh, friends of mine who I worked with a number of years ago, anytime that we would all get together and hang out, I Cindy always had to bring the taco dip. Oh. And so I, you know, that was my standard. That was my bring to every party, every function. It's not a party unless Cindy's taco dip is there. Well, there's this one instance where I was going over to my friend's house and my, my taco dip, it's a very simple, easy recipe. Mm-hmm. It's cream cheese and it's salsa. So you let the cream cheese soften, 
dump in the salsa, use your your mix your mixer to get it all nice, you know, incorporated and smooth. And then I top it with uh, some cut up tomatoes, diced up tomatoes, black olives. No, I because I, I do have friends. Just like, make just make a corner with no uh, tomatoes exactly. and no olives. And I just do for that. Me. Say, I do. I put a flag in it that says right. Jess's corner. I, I I put a little smiley face on the olive side so people know that that's the olive side. I love it. I love <laughs> and then you know t- top it with cheese. So and of course you know take a bag of nacho chips. Yep. So. I go to my friend's house this is one evening and I had the, uh, the taco dip, but I forgot the, the chips. Mm-hmm. Then there was another instance where I, when I took the dip to a party and I didn't have black olives in, in my pantry. So I'm like, Oh, you know, not everybody likes black olives. It's not going to be a big deal. There was two guys in particular that said, sin, where's the black olives? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, guys, I didn't have any. What? No black olives on your taco dip. Oh, my God. It was a whole thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll go out to um, like happy hour or dinner with my neighbors. And the one loves martinis. And every time we go to this place, and this place rocks, but she knows. And she has asked every time. She's like, oh, do you have uh, cream cheese filled olives or feta cheese filled olives. And they're like, no. And they keep saying no. And I said, listen, I said, the next time we come in and you get your martini, I'm bringing feta cheese. I'll bring a, you get the olives and I'll, we'll stuff them, (laughs) shove it in there and throw it in your martini. I do, do want mm-hmm. I do want extra olives in my martini, mm-hmm. and no. if they're stuffed, that's even better. I'm I'm not a martini girl, no, except yeah. for chocolate martinis. Chocolates, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. In fact, I might make one after with them with the show. You're gonna wow. need it after you talk yeah. to us all this time. <laughs> <laughs> you need a drink. I I I need um I need a nap. <laughs> it's sure. been a very long couple mm-hmm. of days. I need yes. a nap, and uh, I'm probably going to order food tonight because mm-hmm. I've uh, done nothing but cook food that is for me and all the dogs in the house right now. But you're being very good, by the way. Let's mention that between my house and yours, we have four dogs, mm-hmm. and we haven't heard from any of them. So I right. think that's fantastic. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed. We had the one nacho mailman moment, but yep. Mm-hmm. And actually, that was pretty sedate. Mm-hmm. Normally, yep. that'd be like a 15 minute. Because we, we have a, a Nacho's one friend, his best friend on one side, his other friend on the other side. So they're like the uh, patrolmen of the mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. When I first bought this house, ladies, and I'll say this just to wrap up. When I first bought this house, and this was, well, I guess we're going to be in the house five years now. You know, everybody comes up or people call you like, hey, do you need this? Oh, we see you're a new resident of the area, whatever. This young kid. 17 years old comes knocking on the door and he's doing sales for like ADT, the alarm center. Mm-hmm. I had the windows open cause I was cleaning everything. He knocks on the door. Nacho's head shoves through the bay windows. Cause Nacho jumped up on the couch and puts his head through the bay windows like crazy. Cause Nacho doesn't like people. He doesn't know the kid backs up. I thought he was going to piss himself Backs <laughs> up. And he's like, I'm from ADT, but it doesn't look like you need an alarm. I said, no, I do not. (laughs) And that was it. And he left. And like, they never called me again. (laughs) That's awesome. Sometimes they do those extra like sales calls. You sure you don't Mm -hmm. need something? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I was crossed off that list. Like, do not call list. Get a black pit bull. 
There you go. There you go. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Jess, this was fantastic. I literally could stay on this and talk to you 24-7. I love it. I will make one request that you will come back Mm -hmm. and you will talk to us again. Yes, and you ladies are going to come join me on several of my shows. Yes. Well, thank you. We'd love to. Absolutely. I got several for you. Awesome. Fantastic. Yes. Jess, it was so good to see you and talk to you and just – Congratulations on all of your success in business and everything that you're doing. And, and just thank you for, for being a voice um, and representing so many different uh, voices out there. Well, listen, we're, we're all in for it to do what we can do. Yep. You know, and I, and I applaud you guys and I, I congratulate you on having your new podcast because I've been waiting. Yeah, I've been waiting for, yeah. especially for Cindy, because Kelly, I, I just got to meet you, but mm-hmm. right, Cindy... I, I met you years ago. I was mm-hmm. waiting for that voice to come out, and you guys are doing a stellar job. And I'm very, 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 very honored that you guys uh, asked me to come on and and join you and have a fun conversation. And Thank Cindy, you. I miss you to death. And Kelly, I, I cannot wait too. to meet you in person. We will, we will soon enough, Jess. Thank yep. you so Absolutely. much. You got it, ladies. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, it's Kelly Commander with K2 Creative and PR. Did you know that there are over 4 billion social media users worldwide and that 74% of Americans are active on at least one social media platform? Sure, you've heard that content is king, but most people don't know how to write effective content to be included in a public relations campaign. K2 Creative and PR has you covered for everything content related, from social media management to public relations campaigns and more. Visit k2creativellc.com for more information. K2 Creative and PR, we make your message matter. Thank you for listening to Biz Bevs and Bites. The podcast is brought to you by Cindy Ellick Marketing Group and K2 Creative and PR. Come back and join us for the happiest hour. Reserve a table by subscribing to the podcast on all major sites and make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about the show, your hosts, and how to be featured by visiting bizbevsbites.com.